Good morning. Welcome to the Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood podcast. I am your host, Brita Wallace, and I am so happy that you are tuning in. Uh, Let me just say that I'm so happy to be back. As soon as I pressed record for this episode, I just got so filled up and just so just feel good. Um feel good hormones and just feelings have filled my body because I love this podcast and I love doing this. Um and my goal is always to be better, to make it better, to do better and to really um be there for the moms and the followers who are listening because that you know to help you the audience is my ultimate goal and if i'm not helping you then i'm not doing this podcast correctly that is my goal so i'm always looking to make it better to uh to grow and and see hey how can we reach more people so If you are one of my trusted followers, if you could use any one of your platforms that you have to share this with a friend uh, or to share this on, you know, your platforms, maybe you don't do social media, which kudos to you. Um, I totally support that. That's a good boundary to have if that's a boundary that you want and need to have in your life. Um, But if you don't have social media, if you know somebody who's like, hey, I think you could really use um, this podcast and this would help you in your life just to encourage you or to help you learn something that you want to learn about that we talk about because we talk about all sorts of episodes on here, Um, then please share the episode um, or share the podcast, excuse me, with your friends. So I want to start today by just saying that those of you who have listened to me from the beginning of the Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood, um, or just tune in, um, or you know, a, a, occasionally, or maybe this is your first time listening. Um, just to give you a little background, I was pregnant and I had a baby in April, and I said that I was planning on taking a short maternity leave, um, and I really did think that that's what I was going to do because. Doing the podcast, like I said, just fills me up. Like it makes me happy. It is purposeful. Um, it's not the only thing in my life that makes me happy, but there it's a big part of, you know, filling those buckets for me. It's not there's some of it like having to do promo and marketing and stuff for it that can become a little redundant. And I'm like, eh, you know, this isn't like the funnest thing ever. But um actually doing the recordings, doing the teachings, uh, meeting with the expert guest speakers, learning things for myself and giving you that quality for the podcast. It just fills my bucket so much. I love it so much. And to think that I would be gone from May, right? Because I still had episodes airing through May till October If you told me that before I had the baby, I would have said, no way. Like, I need to do my podcast. This has become a part of me. Um, And I've missed it. I want to say that I do owe 
my followers who have been with me all along an apology for not, you know, for not coming on and really explaining this beforehand and that I was going to be taking a longer maternity leave and, um, and not coming back. You know, I wasn't sure when I was going to be coming back. I really, every month was like, okay, I'm going to try to get episodes going and I'm going to try to do this again. And life at home with the new baby um, and with a special needs child and with, you know, my middle child as well with three little boys has just been a difficult adaption. And I just want to speak into that a little bit because I like to be totally transparent with you. Um, I have not been the best parent this past summer. Um, but remember things that I have said to you in the past, because I feel like we all go through this, right? This is the thing. I have been in survival mode and I'll go into that in a minute, but I feel like with what I was going through with being postpartum, with all of the things, that was my best not my best like in my life ever, but my best for the summer. I gave my parenting my best day to day with what I had going on and it didn't look pretty most of the time if I'm going to be honest. It doesn't matter how many tools I have, how much expert information I have, how many books I've read, knowing all of the things that I need to do for myself and for my kids to make it so my home is in perfect harmony um, and peace, which never seems to get there 100% with a special needs child. I feel like that's not even realistic. Um, So if you have a special needs child, I do feel like you can get to a place of like balance for your family, not necessarily like balance. Um, But that's also a day-to-day process because one day you think you have this figured out and then the next day things are totally changing and you're like, okay, like he responded to this and we're like doing so well and he's responsive and then he goes through something, right? And then that all changes and we can only control ourselves at the end of the day. And that's something that I've really had to remind myself of is like, you can only control you. As much as ma- as as moms, we want to think that we can control our kids. We can't. We can, you know, lay down the law and say, you're going to do this and you're going to do it right now and you're going to like it or, you know, you don't have to like it. But, and this is the way it is, but they still have free will. They can still say, I'm not going to do that. And of course, you can dole out the consequences and you can, you know, and we should be doing that. We should be giving consequences when, you know, our children are being disobedient to us and, uh, you know, disrespectful to us. But it still doesn't mean that we can control what they say or what they do. Again, we can dish out the consequences Um, We can allow natural consequences to happen. We can, you know, teach them why they shouldn't be doing something and why it's inappropriate. 
Um, but at the end of the day, they have free will just like you and me, and they're going to make their own choices. And sometimes we do have to allow our kids to fall on their faces to face those consequences. It's not a fun thing to do as parents. We want to save them, right? We want to save them from that hurt. Um, and, you know, the embarrassment or the disappointment or, you know, we want to not allow our hearts to break as we watch our kids screw up. But that is how they learn through experience and through the things that they do. And now let me just tell you that there are times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I've given this consequence 50 times. It matches the what they did, right? It matches this behavior that I want to change. The consequence matches that. And this is just reoccurring, 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 reoccurring. And I don't understand why this is not changing. But I'm reminded that parenting is long suffering, right? It's not, you have one kid that's just like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And I'm going to, you know, be really compliant and do what my mom and dad say. And I am going to you know, I don't like these consequences. So I'm changing this behavior and I'm never going to do this again. And then you have other kids who it takes longer for them to learn those lessons that they need to. And like you're a glutton for punishment, right? Like, and I was one of those kids and I have to remind myself of that too. Like my heart was always in the right place, but I was one of those kids. It took me learning the hard way in a lot of instances for me to really be like, okay, this doesn't serve me. And it was because my will to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it because I was strong-willed and the way that I was handled wasn't wrong for my parents to handle me that way. It just wasn't what was best for me or in a way that was going to reach me. So we have to remember that as parents is that we have to get to know our own child and find those things that are going to work. There's tons of tools. I will teach them to you. Not every tool is going to work for every child. And that's something I've really had to remind myself of lately, one of the things, because I have felt really defeated and really in survival mode, especially with my special needs child. It's like sometimes, you know, when I go to that, like defeat in parenthood, it's usually has to do with my um my special needs child and believe me I don't necessarily like I guess for those of you who are listening and even for myself like I realize how it sounds like oh I'm labeling him um and I'm not I'm not like oh you have ADHD like you are ADHD like that's labeling him I don't give him excuses because he has ADHD for him you know I'll say oh this is like an ADHD thing and this is how it presents to educate people or to talk through it with people because I need that as well um but we are not ADHD we rise above ADHD and that's how I teach him Um, And just because these things are hard for you or more difficult for you does not mean that you cannot learn them. It just means that we have to work harder. It is my job to help you through that. And I'm your biggest fan and I believe in you and I know you can do this. And maybe it's going to take a little more time. Maybe it's going to take more effort, but you can do it. And that's how I 
parent him. Um, I'm also very agitated sometimes and irritated. And I mean, if I'm being honest, the past few months, I've been more of those things than I have been encouraging. And I don't like to admit that, especially as a parenting expert and somebody with the education and the skills that I have. Like, But I want to be real with you. Like, I go through those times too. Um, And that's really why I really haven't been back on the podcast. So one of the reasons, and I'm going to, I'm just going to dive into that with you a little bit right now before, you know, we wrap up this episode, but I had a baby in April. Um, I had a C-section with this baby. It was the first surgery I've ever had. Um, I was healing really well and things were going well. And then a few weeks later, there were things that I kept dealing with that I was questioning and the doctors kept saying, oh, I think it's just this or I think it's just that. And I went to the doctor like five times or brought these concerns to them five times before finally they're like, you have a uterine infection, right? And it wasn't until I had a lot of swelling and a fever where they're like, okay, like you have every symptom of... um, a uterine infection from my surgery. So, um, and I'm not saying like it wasn't the doctor didn't do anything wrong. Like that's not what I'm saying. It's just, it happens to some people sometimes. And, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. The doctors didn't do anything wrong. It just was the way my body responded, right? Whatever happened for whatever reason it happened. And that's the situation I found myself in. And that was really tough. Um, it was hard, Uh, I don't really feel like the recovery was so hard. And for those of you who've had a C-section who did have a really hard recovery, um, I'm not discounting your experience. But for me, I just felt like, oh, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like I thought I was going to be like really um, just like those first few days feeling like I thought I was going to be feeling like that for weeks. And I was amazed at how well I started feeling so quickly. Um, And a few weeks in, like, and I just had these little things here and there that I, you know, was a cause of concern for me. And then I, you know, that I kept bringing to their attention. And then a few weeks later, I don't even remember when, like May was a blur for me. May was here and then it was gone. My birthday's in May. So many good things happened in May that I really didn't get to enjoy um, much. Not to say I didn't enjoy my birthday, but it was also a very scary day for me. Um, I was the last day of my antibiotics from my infection and all of my symptoms spiked and came back. And I went to bed and I said to my husband, I feel like I could die, um, but I'm so exhausted. I just need to sleep. Like I was scared, but I also just was so tired that I was like, whatever. Like if I die, I die. Um, I just can't even think about that or care about that right now. I just need rest and rest is really what my body needed because the next day I woke up and I was like 60% better and I had just gotten such good rest, especially because during that time my baby was, um, on formula and, um, cause I couldn't breastfeed being on high dosages of antibiotics and, you know, we, I breastfeed. So, um, I ended up, you know, just getting this infection and healing from surgery. And then I was home with a a three-year-old and a baby um, and adapting to life. And he struggled, you know, like normal kids, you know, with, um, with adapting to a new sibling. He did pretty good, but, you know, I just feel like it was kind of like a normal struggle. Um, And my older guy, he, 
oh my goodness, he's like so in love with his brother. It's not even funny. He just loves this baby. Uh, But he struggled and it's a transition for him and he really struggles with transitions. And for those of you who are listening for the first time or who don't know, like our struggle is that when my oldest guy came into the world, the first transition that he went through and that he struggled with was coming into this world. And I don't say that jokingly, like sometimes I do, sometimes I'll just you know, have a little giggle about it, but I'm dead serious. Like that is a true fact. Like he came out and was looking around very observant and we thought, you know, like, oh, he's just going to be, you know, like this average newborn, right? I'm going to really say like normal, but like average, um, just doing what newborns do and sleeping a lot and doing all these things normal things, right? That normal newborns do. So I guess I am going to say that. And that was not the case. I mean, after a little bit of being just very observant by the time, I don't even remember what time it was or like the time of day, but definitely by nighttime, I think it was a little bit earlier. He was not happy. He was not happy to be here. He screamed. He was the child who screamed the whole entire time we were in the hospital. Um, he did that when we got home. He was very unsettled. He was very overstimulated. He was just this baby that your heart just broke for because you were like, I'm doing all the things. I don't know what to do for him. He wouldn't sleep hardly at all. My husband and I were taking turns sleeping. We were on days without sleep. I mean, it was just crazy. Looking back at that time, you're like, how do you do that? Right? Okay. So I forgot to put on my airplane mode and we got cut off there. So and I was like, I'm not doing this episode again. Um, I don't have time for this. So yeah. So he just was this baby who struggled with transition. So he really struggled behaviorally when he started, um, especially when school ended. And that was another transition was school ending for him, you know, so we always have a little bit of a struggle um, there. And then we live in a tourist area. And when everybody starts coming, like we have no neighbors in the winter. And then um, we love our neighbors. We have the best neighbors, but they're not here. Like they're here on and off. Um, And then some of them come and they're here like all summer and, you know, the beginning, middle of spring through the fall. Like we have one neighbor right now who is like still here all the time and that's it. Um, And then there's others that will come back just on the weekends or just periodically, whatever. So um, they, um, when everybody starts coming back, he really struggles and we deal with these really hard things with him, like taking off and like going. And it's not because he's like upset or there's abuse going on because You know, people in my life who don't know like the experience or know like, okay, we've been dealing this with this with Jack for a really long time. And I mean, even as like a toddler um, and it's just he gets really excited to see people. And um, I did have one friend ask me like, oh, is there somebody that's coming back up there that like maybe could have like abused him and I'm like no like that's not the situation at all like this is Jack is like struggling with transitions um and it's he's very excited and he's very impulsive that's you know the impulsiveness is an ADHD thing and we actually made the difficult decision because it was so bad this summer especially 
and um, because his little brother was starting to do those things too. And I don't know if I spoke about that earlier, um, you know, but when Jack was starting to do that again, I don't remember if I had done an episode where I had mentioned that, but when he started doing these things again, because this happens like clockwork every summer, um, well, every spring when people start coming back, um, and his little brother was following suit and his little brother started taking off, um, because of learned behavior, not because he has the same needs as Jack and the same struggles. It was learned behavior and, and his little brother doesn't really do that now. Um, luckily that was like just a phase for him. It's not a phase for Jack. It's a struggle for him. And this is something we've struggled with again since he was a toddler and now he's six. I mean, through at, at church, if somebody opened the gate, I mean, he would like to the preschool room and I ran the preschool ministry too. He would be running out the gate Um. And he would be running through the door and the greeters would open the door for this baby. I would be so mad. I'm like, why are you opening? And then they would be like, oh, Brita, I'm sorry. Like I didn't even realize because they're just so used to, you know, opening the door as they're greeting or as people are leaving. But I'm like, no, you need to like help me protect this baby. Like you can't be letting him outside in this parking lot and you know I'm trying to maneuver maneuver through people at church who are like talking and standing in you know in the way um not that they know they're in my way they don't know what's going on like they're engulfed in their conversation but I'm trying to chase after this child and then a greeter is opening a door to this toddler running into the parking lot. I used to get so like, oh my gosh, it just was something that would make me really anxious and irritable because I'm like, you know, in my head, like, okay, I understand that you're doing your job that you're supposed to be doing and obviously you're doing it well, but a little too well. We also have to be aware of who we're letting in and out. Um, And that's my like mama bear heart and my, you know, leader as a as a child care person, like you can't be letting kids run outside into parking lots who are two, you know, and three years old. Cause he wasn't the only person, the only little kid, the only little person that had this problem um, there. It happened with other parents as well. Um, and you just don't let kids out, you know, the door if you don't, you know, see a parent with them, especially at that age. Um, but, you know, that's a conversation for another time. And, I, and I'm not saying anything bad about them. I just – I know that it was just kind of automatic. But um, I, I, I've been de- – I say that to say I've been dealing with this for a very long time with Jack. So um, he – we made a hard decision to medicate him because we were like, this is creating not only danger for him, but now for my other child. And if this continues, this is going to create danger for my baby. Once my baby gets old enough, right? Like, and he was telling his brother how to get out of the house. We had put locks up high for Oliver, um, who, you know, is not as, um, determined, as Jack, like to figure out how things like work or how to get out. If we put a lock up high, he's like, "Uh, there's a lock up high. I'm going to do what they say. And that's, you know, kind of his personality. I'm not going to like fight to get outside. Like he gets it right. Whereas Jack, he's like, nope, you're not going to keep me inside. I'm, I mean, 
the locks weren't for him. I knew he knew how to get out of them. I've never been able to childproof him in or out of anything ever. I'm not even kidding. I could have a whole episode of telling you funny stories about this kid and how determined he is and what he used to do. I mean, just the cleverness, even as a toddler, I'm talking like little, like not even two years old, me trying to like, okay, it's, um, nap time, right? And putting him in his room and just him getting out of the crib, out of his room that had like an extra tall gate that was like double the size of him. Like all of the things that he has done and he has been successful at. I mean, this kid is going to, um, often a lot of people say to me, this kid is going to do something amazing someday because like, holy moly, like the things that he can do and the things that he comes up with. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was just hard. We're dealing with all these transitions and taking off and having a baby and then them letting our dog out. Um, And then the dog is not used to people being here either. And he's chasing people down the road. And I just dealt with a lot of chaos and um, a lot of craziness and just really being in survival mode. And it's not a place that I like to admit that I go because especially in this position, I feel like I have to be held to a higher standard, right? But I also need to be transparent with my moms and my listeners. And I always tell you that I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I have been a hot mess like this past summer. And it was like end of summer where I was like, okay, I finally got into this routine. I finally have figured this out and like doing life with three and like just feeling like, okay, like I have this managed pretty well. Now I can clean my house and I can do things and I can do, you know, um, I can, just, I just felt like, oh, I finally figured this out and I can manage this well. Like, and I'm in this routine now for myself, right? And then school was starting back up. And then of course we go through another transition, but this is a transition that's easier for me to handle um, because I'm not doing, like, it's not all the things and the kids home all day long. It's like you get a breather, right? Like the kids go to school and I'm like, oh, okay, I can do these things. And then I deal with the transition Um, and the behavioral challenges that come with that, you know, at the end of the day for a few hours where, and, and it's kind of like a slower process, um, that's like in bite sizes, right? Like it's, it's in like fun bite sizes. So like it's easier to manage. Um, and it's something that I'm used to managing where obviously like having an infection. Oh, and during that time, um, when my infection, like in the heart of my infection, I had a new uh, semester of grad school starting and I had called the college and asked them if I could get out of it because like, hey, I just had a baby. I had a surgery. I'm not, you know, healing as expected. I now have this infection. I have, you know, two other kids home with me. Like, I'm not trying to give you a poor me story. Like, I just really felt like I couldn't do it moms like I just was like something's got to give here right and they were they straight up said hey like you will still have to pay for this semester and you might be dropped from your program so I had to do it I had to change that story for myself and we can do it and let me be a testament of this right now I went from I cannot do this 
to, and I don't like to say that that very often, but there are times where you go through things in life and you say, this I need to put down right now. And I felt that way. And apparently that was not, you know, in the cards for me. And that's not the way it was supposed to go. I was supposed to push through and find that strength. And I did that um, with God's strength, honestly. I didn't do it with any strength of my own because let me tell you, I didn't have any. Um, But I pushed through and I went from, you know, I really changed that story. And I went from saying, I need to, um, I can't do this to, you have to do this. You don't have a choice. You have to do this. Change the story in your head and tell yourself you can do this and you will do this and you will figure out a way. And I was getting up in the middle of the night, y'all, to study and to get through this class. And I loved that class. It was such a blessing to my life um, and really just was the encouragement I needed through that time of going through survival mode. And for those of you that don't know, and I have to wrap up here because I have the last day of my intensive um, for this semester, uh, like my, in well, my virtual in-person intensive, but um, I am in school for marriage and family therapy, which was always in the cards, some sort of therapy. Um, I always knew that that's kind since I started my, you know, school journey and my undergrad, I got my undergrad degrees. I knew that that's the path that I wanted to take. Let me just say that. But um, I took a break when I finished um, my bachelor's through the pandemic with no help. So um, because my childcare help, you know, was not coming anymore because of uh, COVID. So I finished and I just knew my family needed a break. It was a lot. I took four classes always at a time. A lot of times they were advanced classes because my mentor was like, you need to be in these advanced classes. This is where you're at. You're not, you know, you're not in a, you're smart enough to take these and this is where you need to be. This is going to challenge you. The other classes are not going to. So I had taken four advanced classes often at a time and I just, it was a lot, you know, it's a lot when you have a family and little kids and I just knew that we needed to push pause, not like say, no, this isn't going to happen, just push pause. And now this was the time for me to go back to school last fall. Um, So I thought, you know, what is it that I really want to do? What is God calling me to do? Because any helper field is a calling. It's purposeful. Most people don't get in it for the money. If they do, they're in the wrong profession because it's not a field for you to get in for the money. Yes, the money is nice. Uh, When you earn your degree and get your licensure, uh, you do make really good money, but you should not be getting into a helper field for the money. You should be getting into it because it's a calling and it's a purpose. Um, And I thought, you know, this is the best way for me to serve families and moms. That's who my heart is for. That's who um, I have a calling to help. So the best, you know, counseling degree that I can earn is marriage and family therapy and really have that be my area of expertise in therapy. So that's what I'm doing for those of you who don't know. And I just wanted to hop on and just share my heart a little bit with you offer an apology and I hope that you can forgive me and that you tune in and that you share the podcast with your friends um, on your social media platforms or if you don't have one like just share it with um, you know somebody who you think could benefit 
I have new episodes starting October 2nd. I have such an amazing expert guest speaker lineup, y'all, for um, the fall and through this year. I mean, there's so many that I have coming. Um, I'm just so excited to share that with you. Um, so please stay tuned. Please follow me. Um, if you haven't already, you are not going to regret it. My goal is to always make this platform better and the best that it can be. Um, a lot of times and in the past when I started, I just, you know, I just won it because I just wanted to give this content to moms, but it is my heart's desire to grow, to, uh, to grow the podcast, to make it uh, the best that it can be. And I'm just going to continue to uh, work to do that. So just stick with me and definitely follow me, share me with your friends and stay tuned for October 2nd, because this is the year like starting back up on the podcast is where fire is going to happen. I know that it is and the, with this expert guest speakers and just um, where my head is at moving forward. So I'm so glad that you tuned in today. I'm so glad that you um, that you stuck with me through this. And please accept my my dearest and my deepest apologies for kind of falling off the face of the earth. That was never my intention. But I had to attend to my family, um, and my family needed me, and I needed that break. Um, and we have to make those decisions sometimes. And I feel like, especially as a parent and family educator and, you know, somebody who's going to school for marriage and family therapy, um, we have to make those necessary and hard decisions sometimes. But that's it for today. I will see you back on October 2nd. So stay tuned. Uh, take care and God bless.